Walt Disney World is a tribute to the philosophy and life of Walter Elias Disney and to the talents, the dedication, and the loyalty of the entire Disney organization that made Walt Disney's dream come true. May Walt Disney World bring joy and inspiration and new knowledge to all who come to this happy place, a magic kingdom where the young at heart of all ages can laugh and play and learn together. Roy Oliver Disney. This week on Slice of Disney, celebrating 50 years of magic at Magic Kingdom. Welcome to Slice of Disney, an awesome Disney theme park podcast. I am your host, Kelly Washington, Disney-obsessed enthusiast and real-life Tinkerbell. And I am your co-host, Will Lentz, occasional Disney-goer and real-life believer in the original idea behind Epcot. We'll get into it more later. What? No, lies. Stop. (laughs) You know, honestly, I love a utopia city. I feel like you just want to like it because, like, that's... You're right. It's very on brand, I guess. You that are, makes sense. You are right. Uh, I'm sure the practicalities of it, I you know, <laughs> you could easily uh, sway me away from it. But for right now, uh, that's, that's, that's my thing. Uh, I never know what Will's going to say. And sometimes I'm like, oh, that's cute, whatever. This one... <laughs> You did surprise me there. I, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> you know, just peeling back the curtain a little bit, I do like to think about, you know, am is what I'm going to say going to take a conversation away from later in the podcast is it going to derail the podcast too much and this one i wasn't sure about either of those and i was like all right whatever we're just gonna go with <laughs> Here it we go. we'll see uh, well today is a really special episode and a very big one um we haven't actually done something like this yet um that's true we have lots of plans too i love breaking down the starts of the parks um and why they became what they became. There's so much history there. And I mean, so much work that has to go into creating these theme parks. Um, obviously, one day we'll do Disneyland. Yeah. And we, uh, we have been talking about doing a California Adventure oh, one for a yes. while. Oh my gosh, uh, I think yes. that's going to be a wild story. But, you know, uh, the, the stars aligned. And you got to cover uh, Walt Disney World and the Magic Kingdom on the 50th anniversary. Yes. Um, for those who um, don't know... October 1st, 1971 was the opening date of the Magic Kingdom. So there was a huge celebration recently. So much merch. I think that they've, they released over a hundred different 50th anniversary products. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So much merch. That's a, that's a lot. I mean, I'm not shocked though. It's like they're a merch company, but still. How many, how many of those pieces did you get? Oh, I don't have any. Okay. Um, but I did see a lot of videos from from October 1st and lines at 6 in the morning of people, you know, in the stores shopping. Yeah, yeah. Like crazy amounts of people. You know, I think that would be cool. I wouldn't hate to have, like, one one piece of that. Um, you know, I, I don't need the 150 pieces, but maybe, like, a cool <laughs> coffee mug or something just to kind of oh, commemorate. Yeah, yeah I, I, I can understand that. Yeah, and some of the stuff is really cool. Some of the stuff fascinates me. There's this, like, Starbucks tumbler. 
Okay, yeah, that's uh, not the one I would have picked, but sure. Oh my God, people are going crazy for it and they're reselling it online for like $100. Wow. And I'm like, oh man, I, I want to get it and resell it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair, that's but fair. I, I am fascinated like this, like out of all the things. Um, yeah, it's it's very exciting. Do you think we'll still be doing this in 50 years? 50 uh, years of Slice of Disney? 50 years of a podcast. It'll be like... The podcast won't even be like you listen to it. It'll be like you click your temple and somehow you just like hear something. Yeah. And we can just talk directly to people. Yeah. That'd be fun. Weird. Okay. I don't know. We'll see. 50 That's years like is very... a long time from now. We will have, <laughs> if we make it to 50 years though, we will do a Starbucks tumbler. I <laughs> promise you that. <laughs> There's, it feels very like Bruce Almighty. Do you remember that movie? <laughs> I don't. Not enough to get the reference. I mean, I know the movie, but I don't. Or just like him like playing God and like yeah. all of the thoughts in his head. Mm-hmm. And he had to learn. All the things. I watched it recently. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's not the 50th anniversary of Bruce Almighty. It is not. It's the 50th anniversary of the Magic Kingdom. Um, Before we get into the history, I do have to mention uh, they they are releasing a bunch of new shows. And I thought it was funny that like Epcot is also getting all of this stuff for the 50th, even though Epcot didn't come out until Mm. 11 years later. (laughs) I was wondering. I didn't know for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting, but... um, very fun. So there's a new fireworks show. Right. So got to talk about this. It's all I've seen the internet talking about in one very small circle of the internet. Oh, but I mean, the Disney circle on the internet is a fascinating place. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's very easy to deep dive and suddenly you're like, I, what did I spend 30 minutes doing? Um, so they used to have a wonderful fireworks show. It's the first time they use like the projection mapping and stuff mm. um, called Happily Ever After. Mm-hmm. People love it. It makes you have all the feels and it's very emotional. It's very like inspirational. And so this new show is called Enchantment. And if I'm going into the parks, I'm going to go ahead and assume that I'm going to celebrate 50 years of Walt Disney World. I would probably assume I might hear some of Roy saying the speech that we used for our intro. Yeah, of course. That would make a ton of sense, especially for uh, celebrating the 50th year. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Home run. Easy. Yeah. It just feels like a... You're messing up if you didn't do it. What did they do? Not that. Oh my God. They messed up. <laughs> they no, Nothing with Walt. Nothing with Roy. Wow. It's pretty much all... And the whole idea is like, like the slogan is like, you are the magic. Like, you are the magic. But it's not emotional at all. It's a bunch of um, newer Disney songs, but as covers. What? I don't want to hear a pop weird version of... No, that's always my least favorite part of any Disney soundtrack is when like you get through all the songs you know and then they're like, oh, it's this song again. Oh, but there's someone else singing it? It's a pop version? This is odd. I don't like it. I can't believe they use that. Yeah, it's very odd. Huh. Um, it's, it doesn't like it doesn't evoke the same emotion. Like if I want to hear Coco, I want to hear Coco. How, how, how frequently do they change the fireworks shows up? And, like, and by that, I'm, I'm just trying to get it. Like how long do we think we're stuck with Enchantment? I mean, it's getting a lot of backlash. So it'll be interesting. Because, yeah. yeah, Happily Ever After debuted at the Magic Kingdom May 12th, 2017. So it's not oh, very so old. It's not that old. Yeah, it's about four years. Yeah. And then Wishes, which is like, <laughs> I loved Wishes yeah, so much. Yeah, that was always your favorite, I think. That was my favorite. And I think it's because as a little, like a kid, it just, it, it made me feel everything. Oh, it got yeah. me. Yeah. Let's see. And Wishes was, Wishes debuted. Uh, Wishes debuted in 2003. Oh, so that one ran for a long time. Yeah. So uh, Happily Ever After really didn't run very long. Do people not like that one? People love Happily Ever After. That's wild that they would make that, oh, well, you know. 
Happily ever, people are so, so upset. Most people actually like Happily Ever After more than Wishes. Wishes is older. You know, they weren't doing all of the stuff that they can do with technology now. Sure. Um, no, Happily Ever After was a great show. I, you know, I'm going to blame Bob. Cheap Chapek. Cheap Chapek. Oh my God, I love you, internet. I love everyone calling him Cheap Chapek. That makes me so happy. It's very funny. Um, I mean, I don't really think this is his fault because uh, I feel like changing a show probably costs more money than keeping it the same, but I'm blaming him anyways. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, so it, we're, it's pretty crazy. Uh, happily Ever After, like, I literally just got chills thinking about it and how it makes you feel watching it. Um, I haven't seen Enchantment in person yet, but oof. Oh, I didn't feel it, and the internet is not happy. Internet's not happy. I've seen. I've oh. even seen some of the reactions. So, um, you know, it's bad. bad if you've seen it. It's true. <laughs> it is true. Uh, well, that's too bad to hear. Um, I guess we'll keep you posted on if they change it back. Yeah, I'm very curious. I'm excited. I'll go to the parks in November um, in Florida. So then I'll I'll check in. I just I was at Disney quite a bit this weekend, and I love getting to watch the yeah. Halloween fireworks show here. Oh yeah, it's very fun, and they do do some like weird electronic music cover of Grim Grinning Ghosts. Oh, that sounds kind of fun, honestly. I, yeah, I'm here for it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is fun, and it goes straight into Coco. Oh, cool. I'm living the dream. Cool. Uh, so thinking of living the dream, we let's talk about some dream making. Let's do it. Um, how did the dreams get made? Well, they just wished them, and it, just kidding. Wow, uh, podcast over. <laughs> so, um, if you don't know, Magic Kingdom Park is the theme park at Walt Disney World uh, in Orlando, and it is the first. It's the second park, the first East Coast, but the mm-hmm. the second park uh, that Walt Disney Company made. So. And admittedly, when I was younger, I didn't know that there was a difference between the Magic Kingdom and like Walt Disney World as a whole, right? Like, a, you know, uh, yeah. I always just kind of conflated the two in my head. Like, oh, that's just Walt Disney World, Magic Kingdom. It's basically like the UK and Brit and Britain, which I know Great Britain. I'm going to get that wrong too, but like, <laughs> I know they're all kind of related somehow. I don't know. You just um, like it's kind of it's yeah. you lumped it all together. Yeah. I mean, it is. You often when you think of the Magic Kingdom, you do say like, oh, I'm going to Disney World. Because that's the main park. I have the bad habit now, since I'm like a Disneyland gal now, of saying Disneyland, like being mm. like, oh, I'm going to Disneyland, but it's the Magic Kingdom. They're yeah. very different. They're right. very similar. They're different. All right. Now let's talk about uh, how this happened. So obviously, our sweet babe, Disneyland, opened in 1955. And by 1959, it is super successful. Yeah. Um, Walt Disney Productions decided that they were going to go ahead and build a second theme park. And hundreds of places were begging for a Disneyland. I mean, it, and this is confirmed by an executive that it was um, by the 1960s, at least 500 locations Wow, were proposed or trying to pitch themselves to Disney. That's wild. Oh, yeah. Does that include, is that just in the U.S. or was no, that outside this, too? Everywhere, Egypt, Japan, Brazil. Huh. Um, but Walt did want to focus on the East Coast. Yeah, that makes sense that it'd be outside too, because like at 500 places in the U.S., I'd be like, I, I don't think I could find 500 places. But <laughs> you look globally, that makes more sense. Yeah. But I like the instinct to stay on the East Coast. And it was because, you know, 75% of the U.S. population at this time was east of the Mississippi River. Mm. So a lot of uh, the people coming to Disneyland were locals, not as many tourists were getting over there, and so many people were on the East Coast. It just made sense. Yeah. So, um, Walt, he learned a lot from Disneyland. Yeah. 
I, I'm sure. There, there were a lot of things because when he built this, and thank goodness he didn't build it in Burbank because then it would be even more crowded. Yeah. But being in California, there's just so much traffic, so many businesses. So outside of Disneyland, there were so many like different fast food and uh, hotels rising up. And he felt like it made Disneyland have this cheap carnival-like feel that he mm. didn't like. And even beyond that, I bet, like, it really limits your expansion opportunities, too. If there's, like, companies that are putting stuff outside of your parks that you don't own the land to or whatever. So it really is like you're you're kind of trapped into the spot that you've landed in. Oh, yeah. And, and that was a, a big thing. He knew he needed more space wherever yeah. he went because of this. And traffic. We know how much Walt hated traffic. It hates traffic. <laughs> we talked about it last week. If you listened to our, our test track episode, we talked about... Um, he just has a lot of feelings about transportation. Mm-hmm. I ended my night last night on the train. It was lovely. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but he, traffic was a huge issue for him. And the commute from LA to Anaheim, it was a lot. It was very annoying. I agree with that. Well, I'm on the same page as you there. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though Disneyland was a huge success, Walt wasn't the kind of guy who wanted to repeat himself. And he learned this from something. Um, this is like the pig... The pig problem. So um, he did a, made a movie of the Three Little Pigs, uh-huh. and it was wildly successful. That first off, that's wild to me. That it was that back then, it'd be like we made a movie about the Three Little Pigs, and I was like, oh, I have to see it. <laughs> well, <laughs> you have to think like seeing an anim- like no, I get it, I get it. animated film at the yeah. time was you know like this is a long, long time ago, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he released three more Little Pig movies, and because people wanted. That they said that's what they wanted, but yeah. then they weren't as successful. Mm. So he decided you can't top pigs with pigs. That's a great. That is a great line. Um, that makes sense. I I like it. Yeah, so I think I think too often we see movies that try to top you know pigs with pigs, and it's like mm, didn't do anything new. Somehow, Fast and the Furious still going though. You no, know? but they they like they're like this is a space pig. If you're like oh, I haven't seen a space <laughs> pig, cool. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> or all the Marvel films. Yeah. Uh, we do live in a world where yeah. things just kind of repeat. Maybe you can top pigs with pigs now. Anyways, I think hey, we're getting diverted. Pigs, we're on a pig conversation. Um, and within two years of Disneyland being open, it was considered America's biggest tourist attraction. I mean, wh- how do you top the pig with a pig? You can't. You can't. But he was going to try. He was going to figure out not the pig, but something bigger. And this thing was going to be called Project X. How many Project Xs do you think have ever like existed? One million. I bet it's fewer than that, but I bet it's a lot. That feels like such a generic, like, mm, we're not naming it yet. We're going to call it Project X. Yeah, X marks the spot. I remember when Nintendo 64 was being developed, or maybe when it was the GameCube. Um, it was called Project Dolphin. Ooh. And it was like, what is this? And then people were like, is it a console that looks like a dolphin? And then you put the cartridge into its mouth. Listen, I was in like middle school, so we had nothing else to talk about. Anyways, <laughs> I'm very much diverting us. Uh, Jurassic World's working title was Ebb Tide. Okay. So everything I had said Ebb Tide. Ebb Tide. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. I like it. Um, <laughs> so Project X. Project X. So um, Disney, because um, one of the ways that the rest of the country was getting to see a lot of the parks is there was weekly television shows about the theme park. And mm-hmm. that was, it was very, very popular. And anytime they do a special now on ABC about the theme parks, it's always very successful. Sure. So um, Disney moved its weekly television show from ABC to NBC. 
And General Sarnoff, who um, is the president of the network at the time, arranged a meeting with Walt and at his Burbank studios. And mm-hmm. he was like, all right, I'm going to not only convince you, like, not only to move the show, but to build another Disneyland. And out of all the places that we're going to build it, which, is, you know, Walt, he doesn't even know Walt's thinking about this. You know, he's he's just on his own mission here. Yeah. He's like, all right, let's build it in Jersey Meadows. Like New Jersey? In New Jersey. <laughs> Can you imagine what would happen if Disneyland was in New Jersey? I would be like, ugh. You mean Disney World, right? Or this Project X. Whatever, Project, Project whatever X this landed in New Jersey. Yeah. You know, I mean, if G- General Sarnoff would have gone down as like a hero maybe uh, in the Northeast. But yeah, that, that would be pretty wild. Um, they did have Action Park. Did you ever watch that documentary? Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't watch it, but it was like about a Jersey yeah. park that like was just a scam or something. I don't know. So I just like as a bit. There's actually nothing wrong with New Jersey, and I know lots of wonderful people, and I have lots of friends from New Jersey, but because for some reason I just have so many people in my life from New Jersey, obviously there's some bad mixes in there, and so I always have this bit that I like. I also, as someone who like lived in New York, you just like, that's kind of the bit. Of course, Even yeah. the news, like they yeah. like to hate on New Jersey, so it's just for fun. Um, but that, so, oh, you know what we didn't do? We have to do our Imagineer names. You got to know the names. I feel like I wish I had like a song. Like <laughs> <laughs> Two names you're going to hear. And you might hear it literally in the next sentence after I explain the names. Um, are a guy named Harrison Buzz Price. That's an Imagineer I hadn't heard before. It's, he's really an interesting guy. So he's a research economist Mm -hmm. and he is very well known because he helped Walt handpick the optimum locations for Disneyland in 1953 and then Walt Disney World in 1963. And he became just like one of Walt's most trusted advisors. He also helped select like um, Chiba Japan for Tokyo. Michael Eisner credits him. Credits him as being as much responsible for the success of the Walt Disney Company as Walt himself. That is pretty wild, especially for a name that I, I had not heard before. Now, you know, I think that is not uncommon with people that are like an economist like that who's probably just studying the models and figuring out like, oh, the most yeah. traffic goes through here. and We get the most, you know, bang for our buck on land if we buy it here. And we right. it. so like he's not like an Imagineer that gets to sign his name in the uh, secret room on top of. Matterhorn, but but uh, but that's cool. Yeah, he's really interesting. Um, he also is so well known because he knew how to communicate with Walt. Walt was sometimes really hard to work with because he did not like the word no. Yeah, at all. I mean, yeah. Him and Roy, from what would we know heads. of him, yeah. oh yeah, because Roy would be like, "No, Walt, Walt, no, you can't tell me no. I do what I want. I'm Walt Disney." And um, so this guy knew. This is how you communicate with Walt. You always say yes first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Walt's like, great. And then you can go back and show Walt, you know, the complications or whatever. And then let Walt figure it out on his own. Mm-hmm. You know? That's risky, but, uh, you know. It, it works. It worked. It worked. It worked. Uh, the other name that is important for this is Marvin Davis. We we have a couple I, Davises. We have Mark so Davis. Many. Yeah. We have a Marvin. So this is Marvin Davis. Um, we mentioned him on our Haunted Mansion um, but he is a master planner, art director, scenic designer, um, and he 
is remembered by Walt Disney fans for turning Walt Disney's idea of, um, for Walt Disney World and Epcot into workable site plans. He also did the exteriors of the Haunted Mansion, Sleeping Beauty's Castle, all the buildings on Main Street. Very important. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, we referred to him, obviously, in the Haunted Mansion episode, but he's doing a lot even bigger than Haunted Mansion. Gotcha. Cool. He's creating these places. So, so back to... Oh, we're back in the history. Wow. <laughs> How did that happen? Wow, magic. Um, so, back to where we were. Um, say, Sarnoff. Okay, I don't know how to say his name. Sarnoff. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. Sarnoff feels right. Sarnoff, yeah. He paid for a feasibility study to show like what a great location it was going to be. To go to Jersey. Yeah, to go yeah. to New Jersey. He's uh-huh. like, look, I had I had an economist check it out. And Walt's like, cute. I actually have my own. Yeah. And uh, Walt uh, had Harrison Buzz Price mm-hmm. um, do a study. And Price's study showed that the tourism in New York was different, with most visitors only coming for a short trip. So that doesn't really work. And also with New York, there's so much going on how are you going to keep them like how do you make it so like i'm going to new york for disney yeah no i think that that makes a lot of sense especially because like uh i think what he discovered was that a lot of the people were going for like specifically business trips so maybe you're going for like the work week um and you're not sticking around for the work weekend or maybe you're going like by yourself you're bringing your family there it's less of a vacation more of like a destination where you're going and 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 Maybe seeing a show before you leave, right? But you're not going to be there for a number of days. So I thought that I thought that was one of the facts that I found really interesting. I was like, yeah, of course, and that's kind of so that economists can find out for you. I think that what a crazy career! I yeah. could never do it, and that's why I'm so fascinated by this job. Sure. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, NBC wanted to be a permanent partner, not like ABC, who agreed to sell back its investments with after the first couple of years. At some point that changed because now Disney owns ABC, but. Uh, <laughs> um, at this time, we're trying to figure it out. So we said, no, New Jersey. So he looked at another uh, a bunch of places. There's actually a really long list of where they looked, but we're going to cut just through a couple. Yeah, I mean, um, the, the, if it's 500, we're not going to go through all those. So. <laughs> no. Um, so one was Niagara Falls. Hmm. And these concepts, it's like for each location, it was almost like a different version of what Disney would be. So it's not, yeah, not it's every time. To- is it going to be like the Magic Kingdom per se? It's just what is this second park? Yeah, it's hard to imagine like uh, the Magic Kingdom in Niagara Falls, which it, it wouldn't have been. It would be different. Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. It would sense. have been a completely different experience. So where else did they look? Uh, they looked at Palm Beach, Florida, which was another kind of like the NBC guy kind of being like, all right, another idea over here. Um, and they decided, no, no, no. And um, a very close second to what was almost Disneyland 2.0 was known as Riverfront Square in St. Louis, St. Louis. St. Uh-oh. How do you say it? This is all staying in. St. No. Louis. No, do not. St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> oh, it's Saint like Louis. Louisville. Look, I did it right for you. You did that one. Yeah, thank you. Uh, St. Louis, Missouri, near his beloved Marceline. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that was the thing that came up when we went there. Like, mm-hmm. people were like, oh, we almost had Disney. They almost and it was did. Like, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, quite frankly, it just was not going to be big enough. Yeah. And um, that that became, they also couldn't agree on a lot. Uh, The city of St. Louis really wanted to like make alcohol a big deal Mm. at the parks and Walt didn't love that. Mm. So um, they couldn't agree on that. The weather is just not as good. That was a big factor. And 
he even thought though at one point it was like okay well i have to control the weather i kind of have to control everything my name is walt disney and he like was looking into building his own bubble it makes sense sure over an entire basically like mini city i mean we think it sounds silly now but in like a hundred years I, I would, I mean, I would almost be shocked if that wasn't the case, right? Yeah, I saw the Simpsons movie. I mean, climate change, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. Let's, I mean, yeah. Visionary. I mean, we know that very much so he was, but yeah, he he even thought about this and investors were like, whoa, 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 okay. Well, too far, too far. We're not making a bubble. Uh, we we want to give you our money, but not to yeah. pay millions of dollars for you to create a weather bubble. Yeah. So when I say... A big factor was size Mm -hmm. and how much space. I mean, that was like, because it just drove him nuts about Disneyland. He regretted not buying more to make it bigger. But that was the reality. Um, I mean, Walt, it wasn't just going to be like a Disneyland on steroids. He wanted to build his own city with new urban technology for 70,000 people to live in and work. This is, uh, that's bigger than the size of my hometown by twofold. Wow. Oh, that's so wild. Yeah. Wow. I mean, he was dreaming really big. And this is really where the hot hot tea of the beginning of Walt Disney World starts to come in. Because right now, we're not just focusing on Project X as becoming a Disneyland 2.0. This is getting a little deeper. Now, he's not going to be able to uh, figure out a city for 70,000. So he kind of revises it to 20,000. He's like, it's fine. Um, and this park would be inter- um, interconnected with a city that would surround the park so Walt could control the entire environment. So, like, it was it was going to be the theme park, but it was also going to be a, a working town. You're using the word control a lot. Ooh, I am. Yeah, and I mean, that, and that's not necessarily commentary, uh, but I think it's interesting. Because, like, we've obviously talked, you know, throughout this entire podcast uh, uh, not just this episode, but so many episodes about how Walt is a little bit of a micromanager at times, but like demanding, but also very successful in yeah. that way. And like, but I don't think we've used the word control all that frequently. I think maybe, maybe is, do you feel like, you know, as he's maybe feeling himself a little bit and There's, now he's like, oh, I really, I, I just had this a, a second biggest thing in the world. Wait, look, yeah, Walt Disney is coming somewhere. <laughs> 500 places all want me. Wait, look, I'm not going to lie. He, we're going to get into it a little bit more in detail mm-hmm. uh, later as we learn more of the history. But Walt is at a point right now. He's old. He's much, you know, he's getting older. And yeah, I mean, with all of his success, he he knows what's best. Walt is like, I know what's best for the people. I know what's best for, you know, my guests. And I really think that I'm not, I don't want to just be remembered for creating happy cartoons and, yeah, you know, He's thinking about his legacy. Yes. And he wants it to be bigger than it is. Yes. Which is wild because it's already huge. I mean, if he only he could see what it is today. I I don't know if he would even love it then. But we'll get there. Because I am, it is a great conversation to have. Um, So in November of 1963, Walt uh, is flying. He's flying around. They're looking at places. And they fly over a place called Bay Lake in Orlando, Florida as a potential site. And it's just a giant swampland. I mean, there's nothing there. Miles and miles. When I was driving across the country, that's what we just kept saying. Nothing for miles as we're driving through random parts of the country. Yeah. 
That's that a lot of the middle. That's a little, a lot of middle parts of the country. Yes. There's nothing for miles. Um, and I guess down in Bay Lake, uh, Orlando, Florida. Yep. And um, this became a really easy decision for Walt as he's flying over. It's like, all right, this is great. This is perfect for four major factors. The land was super cheap and there was a ton of it. Yeah. Um, it rains, but the weather's not too bad. Florida is a lot better than a lot of other places. Um, and its proximity to the airport and I-4 major highway was great. So even though there's nothing going on right here, there's easy ways for people to get there. Um, and Florida already had roughly 20 million tourists a year. Yeah. So it's a destination for people to come, not just to work. And that makes sense because, you you know, you're getting the appeal of there's nothing here. So when you come here, you're going to go to Disney because yep. there's nothing else. Um, people are already going there for the sunshine state weather kind of stuff. And it's easy to get in and get out. Yeah, it seems like a no-brainer. Yes. Especially compared to like Jersey. It, especially compared to New Jersey. So now that we've already de- we've decided on the location, it's going to be this swampland in Florida. Um, they had to figure out how to make this super, super, super secret. Because if they find out Disney is buying this land, oh my gosh, the prices would skyrocket. And that's one of the four things. They like that it was cheap land. Yeah. Got to keep it cheap. There is a little speculation going on because someone uh, spent $1.5 million on a bunch of random land in the middle of Florida. People are guessing and speculating what company this could be. It could be Boeing. It could be Ford. It could be the Rockefellers. It could be a nuclear power plant. Sure. Okay. I wrote this in my notes because I, after watching the show Chernobyl, I'm like really freaked out about nuclear power plants. Well, first off, it's nuclear. What am I saying? You're George Bushing it. Nuclear. <laughs> uh, second off, you should not be scared about them. Uh, they're very clean and, like, and, and yes. Did you see Chernobyl? I did not, but <gasps> it has evol- uh, the technology has evolved a lot since then. And it's actually one of the cleanest energies out there. But people are still freaked out because of Chernobyl. And it's, it's understandable. But also, like, we... Uh, in the show, it's like takes place in the 70s. But it looks like it's from, like, the 50s. Yeah, I should watch it. I think Russia, it'd be good. Anyways. Yeah, it's wild. Oh, my God. It's really scary. Um, so... I'm sitting here going, please, company, don't be a Chernobyl. It's not uh, because it is our Disney. Disney right. had to set up seven different dummy companies, um, dummy names. Yeah. Um, and none of them could obviously allude to Disney. So they're all really random names to purchase the land. It wasn't like Pinocchio <laughs> and Mickey's Ma- Mansion. It's actually, uh, it's just called Not Disney LLC. <laughs> it's just Disney and then there's like a mustache underneath it. <laughs> incognito disney it's just a list of those no uh they're they're pretty uh random names um fun fact a lot of some of the dummy company names are on the windows of main street usa in florida that's cool like what um so one of the ones is ready creek ranch corporation Hmm. Um, yeah that is very random i would not yeah yeah just a bunch of but it was suspicious that these of course companies are all buying this random land near each other very quickly and the secret kind of started to get leaked because a local reporter, a local Sentinel, a local Sentinel Florida reporter um, was doing an interview with Walt Disney and she straight up just asked him directly, like, did you buy this land? And he had this look of like shock, like, what, what do I say? No. And he says no. He's like, no, 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 that wasn't. But the look totally gave it away. So one, this halted Disney from buying even more land because sure. they were going to keep buying. Um, and ultimately, but, they have kept buying. 
but like for this project they they, they yes yeah. but like since then like i think it was like a year or two ago we heard like oh they bought like so many more acres yeah they just like which just, I'm curious. you're just buying it up it seems like anyways because there already I, is so much land yeah. that um is walt disney world that they don't use yeah um but yeah so this this kind of they decided oh man we got got uh all right so as of november 15th 1965 um, over 27,000 acres had been purchased, and it was time to announce Walt's dream. This yeah, 27,000 acres, is that's enough. Let's go. Yeah, calm down, calm down. So first, uh, they do a kind of local um, press conference in Florida with the mayor of Florida and, and Walt and announcing the it. mayor of Florida? Or the governor, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's been a long day. Whoops. <laughs> I got Disney fried brain. It's okay. You're uh, talking a lot. I don't, I, I, it's a, it's a simple slip up. I could have, I could have done the same thing. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> so the governor and Walt announced it. And then Walt went on to TV to announce it to the public, this new magical project. And I, I watched him, his like, uh, his speech. Yeah. Oh my God. You can just tell like how much pure enjoyment he has and how excited he is i mean it's the way that they edit it makes you just feel so warm and fuzzy you know it's so interesting uh, i won't divert too much i've done it a lot so far this episode but i do think about like you know there's some parallels here to like uh amazon recently and it's uh, they're obviously very different companies and they and the different different businesses so i'm not saying necessarily about what they do but like you know recently amazon was like trying to place new jobs and come they're like Cities were bidding against each other for tax yeah. breaks and they could offer Amazon and stuff like that. And then you see uh, Bezos go to space and like he gives his little interviews and he's like, this guy seems like the worst. Uh, <laughs> and listen, I, Walt's done a lot of stuff too. And so we, we're not Walt worshippers here. Um, we've said that in a number of times. <laughs> but I do think that when you watch him, you, there, does, there's, there is definitely a layer of, of, of someone who is being genuine, which is nice to see. He genuinely wants... To spread happiness. And he he really, you know, even in his own weird ways, yeah. we're going to get into it a little bit. Um, it was so important to him to have education and make people believe in dreams. I mean, it, all of that is very real. And that's the part of Disney that gets me choked up, um, especially talking about those fireworks shows. gets me. <laughs> um, but I really, this speech was, yes, very, very emotional to yeah. me. And... Walt exclaims uh, that out of all the incredible things that they have planned for this Florida project, the heart of it all was the experimental prototype community of tomorrow. And that's what I'm into. Well, two parks were planned for this Florida project. One, the first, going to be a lot larger than Disneyland. It was, it was going to be big. Um, the second would be what Walt was really putting all of his energy, passion, blood, sweat, tears, life into Epcot. Right. Um, it's very interesting. So they chose the word community instead of city. There was research that went into choosing that word. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm interested. I, I, I'd be intrigued to know why. I mean, there's different connotations to it for sure. I also wonder if there's like some legal ramifications. Uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm not sure about the legal part. Um I'm going to talk, we're going to have to talk about Epcot because it's a very, very important part of right. the Magic Kingdom becoming the Magic Kingdom. We are going to do a whole episode. It's probably yes. it's probably going to have to be multiple episodes um, on Epcot just because, wow, there's a lot of history. It's yeah. fascinating. To give you a little bit, though, Walt was obsessed with this idea of Epcot, and he, he knew he could pull it off. So 
though this is a um, a community, mm-hmm. it is a prototype. What's that? I understand what prototype means, but like it's a prototype of what? What like a future city should be? Isn't it supposed to be like a utopia of some sort? He didn't like using the word uh, utopia. It totally was though. It's this idea of you live there, you work there, everything functions together and we move together. So it'd be like traffic, okay? There would be places where you could park your cars. If you were a resident, if you were visiting, there was a hotel parking. If you were a resident of this community, um, you would have to pay a pretty hefty fee for cars because everything was going to be done by like people mover or monorails. Oh, interesting. Um, and so it's always like moving in a circle. Everything was going to be a circle. He was even going to have his own airport at, on Walt Disney World. And it was going to be um, the first uh, operational jet port with a radial design. So this is this is Project X. This yeah. is really Project X. This deserves a title of like Project X, not Disneyland 2.0. Like this, this it feels wild. Yes. When Walt came up with this idea, one of the things that is happening, he's it's later in his life, and he was feeling like, and I don't, this it might get a little dark, and hey, we're in spooky month, so ooh, spooky Walt. Um, he, this is a time where he doesn't want to just be known as this mm-hmm. Uncle Walt type. Yeah. You know, the fun-loving guy who made the fun cartoons. He was like, no, I want to be remembered like, Henry Ford. I almost said Harrison Ford. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to be remembered as Harrison Ford. Right. Um, he wanted to be remembered as not just an entertainer, but somebody who whose legacy was like God. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, names are similar. It reminds me a little bit of Walter White towards the end of Breaking Bad. It, he's concerned about his empire. He, he is. He's very concerned about his empire. He was asked, actually, people were like, why aren't you running, you know, for office like why sure. are you know you should be the governor of california like people are trying or to or even the it. mayor of florida or mayor <laughs> the mayor of florida and he's like he's like why would why would i do that when i'm already a king yeah that's there you go walt he that, yeah, that's i believe it a real thing and i i mean ego big deserved you know mm-hmm. um he so at this point epcot for him is where it, it feels like something switched in his head and it was like no, this is my legacy and it must be done. I cannot leave this earth until my I, my world yeah. that I'm creating um, is done. Yeah, and you see that with like kind of the, the difference of approach towards this. It's not an amusement park, at least in his original iteration of it. It is a, the city of tomorrow. He's wanting to change the way that people live, not yeah. just the things that they experience. Yeah, and so part of this idea... Um, just to kind of give you the grand of how big this was, ah, oh, man, it's so hard not to just like deep dive into Epcot, but a little bit. All right. So you would have basically this one big entrance into Walt Disney World. Actually, at this point, it's just Disney World. Ha huh, ha. Huh. You didn't know. You pretend you didn't hear the Walt part. Um, and there was going to be a, a short-term parking for about 11,000 cars connected to a regional airport and a monorail. And this airport was going to be the first operational jet port with a radial design. He was very into radial design. Sure. And um, they would have something called WEDCOM. And I think this is fascinating because it basically was going to track all the guests all the time during their entire stay. So it's like the Genie Pass. It's literally the Genie Plus. Uh 
discovered many years later in 1966 so this would have been absolutely insane yeah for sure like how are you capable of doing it but the whole idea was that like you were able to know what the guests are doing at all times like make their experience you know the best can be whatever um and outside of like the main area there'd be campsites and motels and trailer parks and then you kind of enter this very industrial like hub um, and that's where, like, employees would live, and there would be six sections where they could go. And guests, though, could take these people movers. Is yeah. It's not called a people mover yet, but that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, check out how people live. It's like, a, it's like a zoo. It's like a zoo of people. It's a people zoo. And the idea is that if you, when you live here, when you work there, and then, two, you're constantly going to be getting new and approved technology. It's always going to be, like, forever changing. Yeah. Well, it's like, uh, like I, I know what's best for people. Like I'm gonna, I know how this will be great. And uh, people are like, uh, like investors, are like I don't really think you can like control how people live. You know, I mean, I'm gonna go back on my original statement where I said I was an original, like I was into the original design of Epcot because like this is a company town. Like that's you know what they used to have, uh, company towns where people would be like, oh, well, the company owns this town and you work here for that. And then it like really pressures people into like, you have to do whatever you can to keep your job. Otherwise you can't live there anymore. And like, that's not good. So and any so, town yeah. that did that failed. Well, that too. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So like, that's also not good. So boo on this idea. It's, yeah, it gets, there's a, there's a lot going on. The, the main part was gonna, you know, it's going to be this huge, beautiful, like, cosmopolitan hotel. There's going to be convention centers. And then part of the idea was going to be that there was this world showcase where um, things from all over the world, different countries, even different parts, you know, of the U.S., um, would have shops and beautiful facades that looks like the places they're from. And you'd have people from there and explaining it. And he was very inspired by the World's Fair with this. Sure. Um, I can see that. Very cool idea. There's so many things. They would have its own hospitals, schools, research facilities. I mean, this was a full Well, it's a city. Yeah. City. Community. 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 It's going to be a lot. Other parts of Disney World, of course, like there was going to be the theme park, which was pretty much going to be identical to Disneyland. But, but larger. Bigger. Um, and it would have roller rinks and golf courses. It was going to... You know, it, well, they didn't want to just do a theme park. He wanted it to be, he's controlling all of the entertainment. So if you don't want to just do this, you can go putt-putt golfing or you can, you know. It's that, it's that word control again. Yup. <laughs> uh, and so this is what I think is fascinating. In order for Walt to make his dream happen of this living, breathing community, he had to have the theme park because that's how you make money. Oh, so the theme park is a way to fund the city of the future. Yes. Interesting. That is that that is fascinating. His interest and passion in Disney's second park was literally only so he could get money to fund his magical utopian city. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't like the word utopia or city. I know. So his magical <laughs> community uh, that has of everything. Technology tomorrow days. Yeah. His so in nineteen six it's 1966, and it is full steam ahead work-wise. I mean, it is like, we are going to go, go, go. I am not going to sleep. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to care about my world, mm-hmm. my project. Mm-hmm. And um, Walt kind of changed. Mm-hmm. His health was declining. Um, he wasn't really doing a lot of socializing, which was something he you know, usually did a lot of. Sure. Um, he was drinking a lot. 
Um, and outside... Which is interesting in that one of the reasons he didn't want to go to, like, Missouri was uh, not wanting alcohol around too much, right? Like, that was a, a an issue that they had with, with St. Louis. But, you know, if he is partaking on his own, you know, maybe, but maybe that's a reason why. Maybe he sees the, kind of the, the, the addictive qualities of it. The and evil parts a, of yeah. it. Yeah, it was like, like, he would get invited, um, you know, to, like, these big dinners or something, and he would just said, he was like... No, the answer's no for everything. Wow. I mean, it's it's a darker side. Yeah. And um, he just, he was obsessed with work. Mm-hmm. He, he did always make time for his grandkids. That was kind of like the one thing mm-hmm. where you really saw the Walt that I think people think of. That's sweet. Yeah. he Like family was always very, very important to him, even through all this work. But work was his obsession. And outside of his grandkids, one of the things, you know, because he is, it's, it's later in life and things are... I, maybe he knew that there was a darker side to him coming yeah. out a little bit or something. But something he would always do to make himself happy is he would call on his resident composers to come up to his office, the Sherman Brothers, mm-hmm. and they would perform Feed the Birds from Mary Poppins for him. Oh, that's very sweet. And that was something they said, like, he would just, like, watch and smile and usually had tears in his eyes and... I, I, there's something so like poetic and sad, but beautiful about that moment. Yeah, and that is interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I wasn't there. I don't even know. I'll, <laughs> I be I'll be honest. I don't know how much I believe that story. I'm not saying that I don't, but I'm just saying like if that is the case, it is very romantic and almost like in a way where it's like, look, this is a guy who like had worked really hard and probably felt these expectations of what he needed to give to the world. Um, and then like, you know, you're getting those chances to look back at like what you have created and there's still yeah. like, a lot of meaning there too. Um, yeah. So that is, that, that is a very uh, sweet notion. Yeah. And just this, this was something that brought him peace. Yeah. And they, they weren't really even sure like why always this song, yeah. you know, but that's what he wanted to hear. Yeah. So this isn't like a Howard Hughes situation where like, you know, near the end of Howard Hughes' life, it was like, oh, he was like, I don't know if you saw the movie Aviator, but I just remember seeing it and was like way too young to see it. And like Leonardo DiCaprio was like peeing in bottles. And I was like, what is happening? What I is have not seen this that. movie? Yes. Wow. So we're not there. Okay. But, but yeah, you know, there is something tragic here. And um, Walt, like he took a back seat from his film studio in Disneyland. Because he really felt like at this point, I have done everything that he wanted to do there. His sole focus was Epcot. Yeah. He's putting all of the energy into this Epcot. He's meeting with sponsors because we got to get the sponsors. Got to get that money, baby. To create this town, this community. Um, And as the year went on, he kind of started to lose it a little bit. He went from having this ideal community where he wanted to help people to being like, no, I want to control humans and the city itself because I know best and whatever anyone else says. Because people are like, well, like you can't, you can't do this to people. They're humans. Like they have free will. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 I know it's best. Yeah. I know it's best for everyone. Um, yeah. Ma- mother knows best. <clears throat> mother knows best. Um, a lot of concerns were happening around the people, you know, the, his team. Mm-hmm. They were like a little like, uh, like there's a balance here because it, it, it was it was like the original idea were like yeah this is a great idea and like Walt you should do this but and he, but he didn't have any like city planning or architecture right, background of course somehow he was going to be the right man and people were supportive but then as time was going on it's like yeah uh. and then it was like 
well, Walt, you can't just like change things on people constantly. They're not going to want to live there. He's like, all right, fine. They can live for like six months at a time and then they have to move on. They get six month contracts and get out of here. Just a lot of odd things. Um, But now, even though all of these ideas and something we could talk about for like four hours about Epcot, this is still not a fully thought out idea. It was still in very preliminary stages of planning in the grand scheme of building a community. Mm -hmm, Right. Um, And while the living city part feels like not great to me, the only way Epcot, the community, worked is as a tourist attraction. Right. That is like how we get people in here. So this wasn't, that's why it can't be replicated. That's why I was saying earlier, it's like, it is a prototype for you to take ideas to back to your city, but not, not the entire uh, idea itself. Like take pieces, but don't take the whole thing. Sure. Yeah, so because like this is because of funding, is that the idea? Like because you have to have it at the tourist side to get money in or what? Well, yes. And because it was like for all these companies, all these sponsors to come in and test out new technology. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Testing out like, yeah. you know, like GE. Like at one point I think he was like, oh, GE, like let's just, what if, what if we let GE buy us? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm sure. And um, obviously that did not happen. Right. But. Things like that. Like, it's so, that's why it's experimental and it's constantly going to be changing. Like, can you imagine just having someone come in your house and it's like, all right, here, we're taking your oven and here's this other oven. Like, you have no control. People yeah. just come in and do stuff. Yeah, that is pretty wild. Yeah. Um, and so by October 27th, 1966, Walt filmed a film all about Epcot and its future. Um, Notably missing. Uh, Disneyland 2.0. <laughs> yeah. It was really like, we here, look at this. It's this cool, crazy city. And over here is this theme park that you can also go to, but really look at this city. Yeah. Um, and it is really beautiful. I mean, he had his Imagineers build an entire huge set. I mean, there's this like room that's kind of like the Epcot room and there's just stuff everywhere. Yeah. If you've seen um, the movies Iron Man, I believe that they try to model uh, Tony's father, Howard, after uh, Walt and some of the stuff. And there's like a few videos where he's like showing off a city type oh, thing. Yeah, yeah. And then ultimately Tony uses that to be like, oh, there's the arc reactor. This is how... But there is a lot of that. I think there's a lot of Walt energy in that kind of thing. And I'm right. sure on purpose. I mean, you know, they're owned by Disney. So, right. but still. Um, yeah. Every, everything is owned by Disney. Um now, three weeks after he filmed this film, he had to go to be rushed to the hospital to undergo some surgery for some pain he was having in his leg and his neck. But very sadly, while he was there, they found something much worse, which was lung cancer. Um, unfortunately, it's not a huge surprise to a lot of people because Walt was known to be a very huge smoker. Right. But Walt, uh, like most very stubborn humans. I feel like a lot of people with this kind of success, are, you know, your brain is, is wired different. Um, and you see a lot of this in these kind of people. He he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have uh, the surgery real quick on my lung. And he left the hospital early to go back to work. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Like in the same day. Yeah. Yeah. That Actually, that does surprise me. That is How? wild. I don't know. Like it takes a certain level of um, influence to be able to be like, no, I'm good here. I will see the hospital later. Yeah. I, Just to leave. That's uh, wild. I I don't even know. Like, yeah. 
But it doesn't surprise me. I mean, he seemed like such a workaholic that that's like the the only thing that's on his mind at this yeah. point. It doesn't matter. Um, it's like I got to get the thing done. I have to get it done. This ends up being the last day he goes into the office. That that makes a hundred percent sense. Um, the, the, uh, health concerns don't care about how much of a workaholic you are. Nope, health concerns don't care who you are. Yeah. Um, and so this point, uh, Walt is now he he goes down to his Palm Springs home um, to rest. I think he realized, okay, well, I'm really not doing great. Um, but he ultimately ended up having to go back to the hospital. He went back to the hospital up in Burbank, um, where he continued to work from his hospital bed. Um, there's a story about how he's laying in his bed and Roy is with him and he's using the grid of the hospital tiles to walk through Epcot and wow. explain it to his brother. That's still how folks he is on it. Yeah. Even while he is in the hospital, he's taking phone calls while he's in the hospital. Um, in his bed, he drew the seventh preliminary layout of Epcot, and that would be the final drawing um, that you can see of it. And then December 15th, 1966, Walt passed away, 10 days after his 65th birthday. That's, uh, I, you know, I honestly didn't realize that, you know, today that feels very young. It may not have been at the time. I don't exactly know, but like that does feel very young. Um, but it yet for the amount of life that he packed in there and the, the amount of work that he was doing, it doesn't, you know, uh, it, it kind of makes sense. It feels like he worked himself to yeah. that conclusion, which is, uh, which is tough. It is. It's when I was researching this episode, there's a somber sadness to this celebration in a way. When you like, yeah. think about all of what happened leading up to Disney World. Right. I mean, it was clear that in this later stage of his life, it's almost like he knew he wasn't going to be around much longer. So that's why this was so crucial and important for him to get as much work done for this as he possibly could. I mean, yeah. I I think there was a sense of denial of what was actually happening. And, you know, he, he was just like, no, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to recover. So I'm going to keep going. Yeah. And um, sadly, he didn't. And this was such this isn't just sad for like you know a certain area this was sad for the world uh he had made such a difference and has really brought so much joy and happiness to so many people um that this was one of this was a really great loss and this is someone people looked up to he wasn't always fond of his uncle walt persona which is what he was kind of trying to change mm -hmm. but honestly it's a great persona. Yeah. And it's lovely. And it's that brings people joy, you know? Yeah. And I mean, honestly, like, if you're telling me, do I want to think about him as Uncle Walt or King Walt? I mean, Uncle is fun. Uh, <laughs> King Your feels Uncle tyrannical. So, <laughs> yeah. That's that's why when he, he says that sentence of, like, why would I want, you know, to do that when, I can, when I'm already king? Like, yeah. Gosh. Wow, that's... That's such a statement, and not a lot of people can say it. But I also like would be scared of what Jeff Bezos says. Yeah, uh, think about think about that little boy under the dreaming tree in Marceline, Missouri. So crazy yeah. to think of what a journey. Yeah. Um, almost like where we're at in this podcast. Um, it's kind of like how do we continue? I mean, you have this company where this fearless leader, and it really was. I mean, as much as we've talked about it in this episode of Walt being like, no, I know what's best. Yeah. Like, trust me, I'm like, I'm in charge because I need to be because it's my vision and I know what's best for people. There are a lot of things that he wasn't wrong. Oh, this came from his head and he would find the right people that were smarter than him to execute his ideas. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you know, every every time we've talked about an attraction that he has been involved in, it's been his stamp on it that has made it become what it is, right? And so, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter, you know, how many people you have involved in a company like this, of which there are very many and very many talented people. When you have, like, a someone that leads the charge and is such a visionary like that, um, it is going to stop you in your tracks and make you kind of figure, all right, well, how do we keep going? Like, what do, what do we do? I think that there's a, a couple layers to this. Um, I have to comment on what you said because like even Haunted Mansion, which came out years after he passed, yeah. he still has such a huge influence on it even after. And um, I think about, it, it. it is clear to me they weren't really anticipating this happening. Yeah. The company was like, I, we, what, what do we do? Where do we go from here? Yeah. What's the next step? And so what is going to be that next step? Find out in part two. Find out. We were not planning on breaking this up, but there is nine pages of research, people, and we're adding to it. So. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it does. It is very, I think this is an appropriate part to pause in because there is that mystery of what's going to be next. And they do have to reevaluate their plans. And And I think you're right, too, to note that like I don't, they certainly weren't planning on this, I think. And I it, it leaves you to wonder would Epcot have become the community of tomorrow had Waltz not passed away or, 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 or could he feel that coming on? And so that's why he drove so hard at it. And those are questions we'll never have answers to. I, I think about that probably more than I should. Like it consumes my brain sometimes. I'm just like, I can't imagine there's a town near Walt Disney World called Celebration Florida and it's owned by Disney. And I think about that and I, cause I've been there and just, even it's not like there's like Disney things everywhere either. You wouldn't really know other than it's like very picture perfect. And it's called celebration. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, I, I think it's worth noting too, that he passed it December 15th, 1966. And we're celebrating the 50th anniversary in 2021. So there's another five years before they really kind of kick this whole thing off. Um, so there's there, you're right. There's a, there's, a lurch in the company as to what what do we do next, and I'm excited to find out personally. Yes, I we I didn't mean to make it two episodes. I always love when this happens, um, but we have so much to talk about because this is a whole. This isn't just an attraction. This is going to house a lot of attractions. Yeah. Um, and we something that I do love that when we get to each individual attraction, it's kind of like we always have like little baby steps of hinting at the different parks themselves and the development of them just because you kind of have to. Um, so it's very exciting yeah. to see uh, how we get the Disney World we know and love today. Yeah, I'm excited to hear. Um, okay, so since we are going to make this a two-parter, uh, as we wrap up, I, you know, I can't do necessarily all of my normal questions I have for you. It's the end of the day. Can you ride every single thing at Magic Kingdom in 10 minutes? <laughs> and I know your answer will be yes. Um, so what I'm going to ask you instead, since it's the 50th anniversary, um, why don't you share your, uh, two things um, with the audience? Give me first. I want your biggest, and biggest is however you want to define it, Disney memory. Um, and then Ooh. I want your smallest Disney memory. And you can choose on how to interpret either of those. Is it, does it have to be Magic Kingdom related? Yes, it does. Okay. Because um, we can celebrate the other parts of the park, uh, part two. Um, so a big one for me is probably going to be Wishes. 
And I get that the fireworks show is not as uh, techni- technically, like, you know, fancy as Happily Ever After was, R.I.P. Um, but seeing that show as a kid and watching the fireworks made, I mean, I literally am tearing up thinking about it and just how it literally made me feel like in the most real, honest way, dreams really do come true. And like, I you just, you work and, you know, become, be your best version of yourself and like, keep going. And I always said, like, I wanted to be proposed to during a certain part of the <laughs> and of, and of now you can never be and proposed to. Yep, that's up. I'm never getting married, so that's why it's so important. I'm yeah. just kidding. Um, no, but I I loved this show so much that it felt like a religious experience to me. And seeing Tinkerbell fly and like always feeling like her little pixie dust self is someone I relate to. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think I think that fireworks show was very important to me. That makes sense. In fireworks, that's that's a big thing. Yes. So what's your smallest Disney memory? I think through my like little my little child like uh brain. I always like when I was a kid, you didn't dress up as the characters as much. But um and I would not wear shorts or pants. Like I only wanted to wear dresses as a kid. And so you didn't really like dress up like in a full princess outfit, you know, the way that kids do now. But um my mom would kind of dress me like hinting at characters. A little early Disney bounting. Yes. And so, you know, wearing the polka dots and having the ears. Cute. And I just, I loved interacting with the characters. It, yeah. It like changed my life. This is actually kind of a bigger one. And I've mentioned it before on the podcast, but uh, there's a restaurant called Crystal Palace. And our Eeyore was so wonderful that it became my favorite one of my favorite characters. And it's all because of like this one cast member. That's awesome. Yeah. So I, I think it, as a kid, just getting to interact with all the characters made me so happy. That's very sweet. And that yeah. feels like a good memory. Yeah. It's a really wonderful, magical place. And Disney World is so large. Think about it all the time. Like hubgrass. In front of the castle, there's like areas of just like, it's known as hubgrass. And it's like places you can just like hang out near the castle. We don't have that at Disneyland. We're way too tiny. But it's like things like that that I'm like, what a strange culture to be a part of. And I love it. Well, if you love it. Yeah. Follow us on uh, all the social medias at Slice of Disney, um, except for Twitter. It's Slice underscore of underscore Disney. Um, you could just go to SliceofDisney.com and you can find all of our things there. Um, we're doing some cool stuff with our Patreon. Yes. Uh, last, last month, we did a lot of extra little episodes. We had a great rant episode, which was fun. We watched um, Cars as a movie night. It was my first time seeing it. Loved it. It was. It's so cute. Yeah. I forgot how good that movie is. It's a very cute movie. Um, so yeah, make sure to check us out and send us little messages. I would love to hear your biggest or smallest uh, Disney oh, yes. memory. Memories. If, you, if we get some good ones, maybe we'll even read them on the podcast. That, that would be make fun. me very happy. Yes. Why is Disney so special to you? You let us know um, and we'll make sure um, to share it on our next episode. And uh, yes, thank you so, so much for listening and being a part of this celebration. We are very excited and are excited to jump back in and see how we get to what we have today. Um, all right. I hope you have a magical week. Um, spreading a little pixie dust this spooky season, even though this doesn't feel like a spooky episode, that's okay. We'll Uh, get to those. We will. We'll get to those. Okay. Okay. Bye.